0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: Did I go low enough with your voice this time that That's... my voice...
1: <laughs> you, yes, you went, you went low enough with my voice, indeed.
0: With your name <laughs> that my voice didn't cut out. <laughs> yeah, no, it
1: was perfect.
0: Excellent. Well, you've made it past that awkward introduction. Thank <laughs> you.
1: They just get more and more awkward. It's what you expect of, I don't know.
0: We're not going to get better with time, guys. (laughs) We're just going to get progressively worse. Yeah.
1: This is a slowly (laughs) decaying creature. It's fine.
0: I don't know why you're all still listening to us. (laughs) But thank you for still being here. Today, we're going to talk like we're really smart about (laughs) money. And the, we're going to be discussing the new Netflix original miniseries called Money Explained.
1: Yes, so and this is- if you, oh.
0: if you listen to our podcast episode on Sex Explained, yes. this is kind of the same people making one about money. Less interesting, but more informational.
1: <laughs> yeah, and not a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Mind Explained as well. So yes. we're continuing yes. with our theme.
0: Yes, we're learning, guys, so come along for the drive.
1: Yes, we are learning, and it just gets more and more depressing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I expected from Money Explained when when we first like saw that they were going either. to be doing Money Explained. I, of, I, I guess I was kind of thinking it would be more... I'm <laughs> trying to think of like like how to do your task or like how to do like 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 instructional but really it was just like depressing about the estate of our economy
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's true i mean it it is definitely interesting um yeah some of it not necessarily like totally new information but some of the figures presented at various points are surprising and interesting to hear and the thing i love most about these mind explain things is like the they really go in depth into the history of certain aspects of things and so it's cool to see like I never thought for example about like where did credit cards enter into the picture or like like, when did student loans really enter you know like none of that stuff really crossed my mind but you know they're presented in these episodes which is pretty cool.
0: Turns out credit cards were invented by some company just deciding to mail out 60,000 of them (laughs) to people and being like here go nuts (laughs) though. Yeah.
1: in in 1958 (laughs) which is like so much earlier than i thought it was for some reason
0: when was it i don't remember
1: 1958
0: oh yeah i guess i would have said probably the 1950s or in i guess for me (laughs)
1: when i picture 1950s i still see like you know i guess i'm like tainted by old shows i see like little you know billy running to the corner store with like a piece of paper that represents his you know tab well, or something i don't know
0: i think that there was a lot of that too <laughs> credit cards were just coming into existence in 1958 mm-hmm. most people didn't have them so little billy was still running around with change <laughs> looking for candy <laughs> okay <laughs> I
1: mean, little little billy is currently in 2021 still running around looking for change for candy but yeah.
0: So for now he needs like a full five dollars <laughs> to buy a candy for the checkout
1: <laughs> indeed oh man because it, it
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Inflation, which, you know, wages don't take into consideration. And anyway. Inflation, um,
0: Inflation was the other thing I thought they would like how yeah. a whole episode yeah. kind of devoted to, but they did not. They didn't really even talk about it much at all. So I still don't understand it. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the first episode, because this is the one for me that seemed most out of place. And this is the, okay. the get rich quick schemes, essentially. Yeah. Because yes. everything else is very much like, I mean, I guess it's certainly an issue in society, of course, I guess gambling too, for me, those two seem like linked and not really, I, I don't, I think they're less informative than, Yeah. you know, the other ones.
0: <laughs> And I think that's because for you and for me, mm-hmm. we're not going to lose money gambling, and we're not true. going to fall for a get-rich-quick scheme. Like, so I think for that, for us, like, there, we're so disconnected from like those ideas being part of finances. But for a lot of that's people true. who have fallen for these things or who have, you know, gotten trapped under the weight of a gambling addiction, like these are a real part of their finances.
1: That's true. That's fair. That is fair.
0: But um but I did I did find the Get Rich Quick episode be very interesting and yeah. just they go into all the detail of all these different levels or different types of schemes and scams that exist and and how they differ from each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know a lot of that information. like I'd heard of you know a Ponzi scheme, but I didn't really understand what a Ponzi scheme was I knew it wasn't something I wanted to be involved with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: (laughs) I like also the fact that, like, speaking of the history of this, you know, after the, um, I guess, like liberation of some of the um, South American and Central American countries, they had, was it Gregor McGregor, who was created by some guy called Captain Strangeway or something, um, who created Essentially, this mythical, like magical Central American um, country, and then was selling shares, like bits of land to it in Scotland, and making the equivalent of like $20 million or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just like. like, And then the modern day version of that is like the crypto queen who makes off with like more than $4 billion by selling a fake cryptocurrency called OneCoin to tons of people. (laughs)
1: see it now the whole cryptocurrency thing is like i i don't get it at all Um, i have
0: i've watched multiple (laughs) instructional videos that try to like explain what cryptocurrency is and i still don't understand it
1: (laughs) and i feel like the issue with cryptocurrency too is that like once it's mainstream you see things happening like they they mentioned that What happens a lot of times with different cryptocurrencies is this pump and dump where people will like invest a ton. And then once, you know, the fools start investing on it, they rip out all the funds and like cash in, which is like, you know, by recently I was um, watching the news and they had a story about uh, Dogecoin because that's like the biggest cryptocurrency thing currently. Uh, okay. And I was like, oh, it's too late to invest because by the time it's on the news, that's when right. like a lot of people who are just sitting at home are going to be like, oh, I need to invest in Dogecoin now. And then that's the people who jump in. And then everyone who is an early investor in Dogecoin is then going to cash out and make a lot yeah. of money. So it's like, even though I heard that the point of cryptocurrency is not supposed to be that sort of thing, it's not supposed to be a sort of it. it in some way it's supposed to be like free money unregulated but it's like how does that work
0: but yeah, anyway <laughs> I, I don't know and i've tried <laughs> to figure it out not because i want to buy any but like i just want to understand it and i want to understand why people are buying it yeah and i don't i don't get it i don't understand how there is any value in investing into it at all no and I, 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 so I'm not
1: going to. <laughs> well, and part of me feels like it's, I th- I feel like it's, I mean, this may be totally wrong. And if our listeners who are very familiar with, you know, Bitcoin slash any other currency, cryptocurrency, please reach out via email, preferably because it'll take too many tweets to let us know yes. what, how that works in like, you know, <laughs> elementary school terms. But, if you got
0: scammed by one coin, let us oh, know. Yeah.
1: Oh, that'd be an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> That whole thing, I feel like, is probably an attempt to regain autonomy of money, because, like, in the U.S. or in any any country, um, you really don't have control over the money that's regulated, right? Like, there's so yeah. much money that, like, you have, quote, quote, but that technically doesn't exist anywhere because there are no, like, I don't know.
0: Physical... Dollars backing it up at all. Exactly.
1: Right? So I feel like maybe it's a way of trying to reclaim some of that. But then in doing so, I'm not sure what the benefit
0: <laughs> truly right. is. Yeah. I mean, I understand that people are somehow making a lot of money off of it, but there's only a very few amount of people who are making a lot of money off of it. So that right there just screams, this is a scam to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's only a small number of people who are making a lot of money and everybody else is losing a lot of money that seems like a scam yeah exactly <laughs> and so like maybe bitcoin in in a way is sort of like the same thing as gambling it's like you're hoping that you can get a lot of money out of it but chances are most of the people lose money probably so i don't know maybe i sound like i don't understand cryptocurrency at all which would be accurate <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> we definitely don't so <laughs> So don't judge, don't determine whether or not you're going to invest in cryptocurrency based on this discussion, because clearly we're out of the loop. Don't Um,
0: take our advice. We don't know (laughs) what we're talking about.
1: But um, the thing that I did like about that episode is that the main takeaway at the end was the idea of trust, because like it would be very easy to distrust every everything because of all of this because you know you want to help the nigerian prince but like obviously it's fake um right and i like that they they made a couple points of that like to say that you know evolutionary evolutionarily evolutionarily whatever it is speaking um we're actually wired to trust and then they say something like um i think it was ricky J, a quote from ricky J, where they said that he wouldn't want to live in a world where we couldn't be conned because that's a world in which we wouldn't believe in anything or in anyone. And ultimately it's not a world worth living in. And I was like, that's pretty deep. I can appreciate that.
0: That sort of makes sense. I wish we could live in a world where people didn't try to con us, but
1: (laughs) you clearly that's not going to (laughs) be, that's not going to happen.
0: Also, I just, there's so much like knowledge now about the fact that people are trying to scam you—yeah, like no matter who you are, where you live, there is somebody who is trying to scam you. They are sending you junk mail in the mail, in your email. Yeah. They're sending you, you know, calls. You know, and we all know that this is happening, but there are still people who fall for them. Oh yeah, and I just don't get that.
1: <laughs> I I feel like I know people personally who, if they got the email that was like you know you were randomly selected via social security for the lottery you won 10 million go ahead and claim your prize that would be like oh my god and right. click you know whereas All like
0: i have to pay however much money in taxes to get it. Right.
1: <laughs> which is your like, winnings
0: are never coming
1: <laughs> yeah which is like it is sad that people can still fall for that but i can definitely see people who would
0: who would unfortunately
1: yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I thought it was interesting that they made a point of trying to differentiate um, pyramid schemes from MLMs in this.
0: Yes. With, yeah, I wanted to talk about that, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I still don't know if i <laughs> buy that. But. That's
0: exactly what I was going to say, is like, at what point does it shift from a multi-level marketing Business plan into a pyramid scheme because yeah. you know there's a spectrum where you know the far ends clearly you know are one or the other. This is a functional legal company, and this one is clearly a scheme. But like in the middle, you know, like how how the line is very blurred. Like, is it a pyramid scheme or is it right. you know a multi level marketing thing? <laughs>
1: and I guess like one of the things they said is that um, it's legitimate as long as money is coming from outside the pyramid. And I guess right. when we watched the, um, what was that series called? Um, <clears throat> we, did, we watched something about herbalism and like they were selling the essential oils and yeah. talking about that. It uh, was the herbalism? Something no. about
0: health.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. But um, yeah. in that discussion, um, there was like the essential oil company that was certainly a pyramid scheme because they required a certain amount of um, purchased goods within the company so like you needed to purchase all of the thing all of your testing items all the things that you used in your like display right. and like presentations which is then you just paying into the pyramid you know right um but i just thought that it was funny that they mentioned them like the mlms in general because of your recent um <laughs> messages from people <laughs> trying to get, <laughs> trying to reach out to you for mlm stuff
0: I I have now had three, three different (laughs) friends who don't know each other (laughs) suggest to me or, or invite me on Facebook to join their pure romance parties, which if you don't know what pure romance is, it's sex toys. (laughs) <laughs> like, why do all of my friends think that I want to buy sex toys from them? But maybe they listen to NNO and they're like, yeah, this girl really wants to buy sex toys.
1: Like maybe get her
0: involved in this pyramid scheme. <laughs>
1: yeah, seriously. Um, in which
0: case I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm good on the sex toy front.
1: Thanks. Sorry for sorry for misleading. Um
0: <laughs> misled any of you viewers on my need for sex toys. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess, like, the the appeal of those is, like, you make your own time, you have a little bit more control over your, um, like, how much you're making, I guess, essentially. So if you work harder, in theory, you'll make more, whereas, like, that's not necessarily the case in, like, a nine-to-five and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't know. It's interesting that people turn to those, and I guess, like,
0: yeah and yeah, yeah. I think there there is this grand promise of yeah. like you can make so much money you know if you recruit enough people and it's true you can but not everybody can because of the way that these marketing multi-level marketing and or pyramid schemes work is that only the few, there can only be a few people yeah. at the top so there's only there's a limited number of spots of who can be successful in these businesses?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I guess the idea of like trying to sell any item to any person like that just is not for me.
1: <laughs> I yeah. When I was, um, I think I might have told this story on the podcast before, but <clears throat> as you're well aware, um, between like freshman and uh, sophomore year of college, I f- sold Cutco for a summer, and. I realized then that I also was not (laughs) meant to be selling things to people because I would constantly have to like talk to my not manager but supervisor I don't know what you would call him mentor I don't know what they said but to be like okay I had another you know thing but I didn't no one purchased anything and then I'd have Mm -hmm. to try to like talk about how next time I'm gonna get them to purchase but it's tough when it's like your friends' families right. and stuff, and you're trying to get them to spend like eight hundred dollars on these knives, <laughs> but right. as yeah. nice as they are,
0: which yeah, now when when we get a house, and me and my husband get a house, we are going to get a set of Cutco knives because they're amazing knives, and they are. And we were roommates for years. I got to use all of the knives he had to buy to get as to be a part of this pyramid scheme i mean multi-level marketing (laughs) business (laughs) so the knives are fantastic i will stand by them
1: (laughs) yeah they are really good but um but yeah i mean
0: cutco if you're listening you're welcome to sponsor us
1: oh that'd be great yeah but um but yeah so i mean that's pretty much like all i needed wanted to say about the get rich quick stuff but
0: Well, let's move on and talk about credit cards then. Yeah. (laughs) Ah.
1: So this one was interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, as a credit card user, (laughs) it was interesting to see. And I liked that they dispelled some of the rumors, like the fact that people always say, like, being a revolver, um, meaning that you keep a balance is better for your your credit score is actually a myth and not true. Um, because i've heard that so many times you know in order to to boost your credit score you need to have some debt which always sounded like ridiculous to me but (laughs) i'm glad that it's confirmed to be ridiculous
0: and i think that that rumor or that misconception comes from the fact that if you pay off a large sum of debt or even you know even just a few thousand dollars worth your credit score will drop initially, um, but yeah. it only drops for a short period of time before it goes back up higher than it was before, usually. Mm. Um, and that's just because pretty much any change to your credit at right. all like, will cause it to just drop initially. But if it's a good change, like you paid off your car loan, it will go up higher ultimately.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, <laughs> like, I mean, credit scores in general, which they touch on... You know, as being sort of like this thing that's better than what it was, because, you know, they talk about right. how historically um, it, uh, it was kind of like, you know, things were based basically on like word of mouth and perception, hearsay. <laughs> hearsay. <laughs> so like, it's a little better now, but it's true that even still like the credit score remains somewhat of a mystery. But through things like credit karma and sites like where you can monitor it, it's it's really interesting to see those like daily changes that can pre- um, that's, yeah. that's French that can um, present themselves um, because I, I definitely like keep an eye on it and I noticed that for example, um, as someone with like a quite a high credit score, you know I made one purchase of like a plane ticket for three hundred dollars and it dropped my score um, by like twenty points.
0: Yeah. You know, so it's like, ah,
1: it's like these tiny, relatively tiny things, especially with the amount of credit, you know, one might have can vastly change um, your credit score, which is kind of weird.
0: And I think that that high fluctuation, especially like you said, being on the higher end of the credit score, I think that tapers out more as like the length of your credit score increases. So if yeah. you you've only had a credit history for, you know, 10ish years, uh-huh. you know, maybe maybe 15, but probably closer to 10 that you actually had credit cards that you were paying and, right. you know, using on. And so if that goes up to 50 years, then it, you know, you spending, you know, a few hundred dollars on a plane ticket isn't going to cause it to fluctuate as much because they've seen that you've done that a lot of times over True. your life and it, it hasn't ruined you. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> so okay to happen
1: (laughs) yeah um i mean to be fair i think you know we without delving too much in our (laughs) finances i think we can both admit that we have at one point or another been revolvers where we were just paying what we could and then being trapped essentially in this like never-ending cycle of owing money to the man um which we've managed to get out of but
0: yeah I, i think that we are fortunate that we were able to recognize that like If we can pay more than the minimum payment, you know, like that would be a really good thing because we're just going to end up paying so much more in interest if we don't do that.
1: Yeah. And I I like that they made a point of like talking about the the psychology behind presenting that number of like twenty five dollars at the top of the thing to make you think that like if you pay that, you're fine. It's so it's so utterly manipulative and. Yeah. it's just yeah, horrible
0: it is. and i was thinking about it and i think like the better way would almost be not for the credit card companies but for the consumers yeah. the better way would almost be to not have a minimum payment at all but simply to say you have to make a payment on this date each month yeah. you can pay whatever you can afford towards this loan that month yeah. And you would have to look at it more objectively, like, well, how much do I want to put on this loan this month, knowing that whatever you don't pay off is just going to continue to occur yeah. inc- rollover interest, you know, that the idea is to pay it off as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. And but I maybe think maybe that. I, and I, I honestly, like, don't look at credit card statements, which I probably should, but I don't. But I know that they said in there that they have a little box now that shows that, like, if you pay $28 instead of 25 like, this will be how much you save. But I don't think they typically show, like, you know, if you pay, say, for example, if you pay nothing, you know, in a world where you're talking where, like, maybe there aren't late fees, but it's just you have to pay a chunk of this, pay what you – you determine what you pay – I think that it would be beneficial if it doesn't already exist to be like, if you made no payments, this is the amount that you would owe next month so that you can understand like what's being capitalized and and how much interest is being built so that you, because I think like that is the issue we don't understand. Because if you tell people like, oh, you have like a 6% APR or whatever, nobody knows, no one one is calculating the percentages when they're spending or paying. So it's like, I think that needs to be, obviously, that's the reason it's not clear is so that people can make money off of it. Um, Right. But I wish that it were.
0: There's that huge, the huge kind of like incentive or push to automate your payments and they want the credit card companies want you to automate your payments at $25 a month every month it'll come out of your bank account on the same day you don't ever have to worry about it and that's what they want they want you not even thinking about it like oh yep i paid my credit card this month you know and you don't check the statement you don't check your balance you don't know how much you're actually owing until you go and look at it and die of shock
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) and i mean i guess like in this regard the thing that i like about at least the way that my loan my student loan website is set up is that i can actually see per month when obviously like in the u.s loan um uh, interest is frozen thank god right but um i can actually see like how much interest has accumulated per month so that when i'm paying I can try to double that, or at least get something above that, so that I know that something I'm paying is going towards the principal right. instead of just knocking off, you know, interest slowly. Um, right. But yeah, credit cards don't do that. Um, no. And it's. I don't imagine
0: they do. I'm I'm not the the what 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 were the two names that they call them?
1: Transactor and Revolver.
0: Transactor and Revolver. I'm the transactor now. I just pay my credit card off as soon as I put any money on it.
1: Me too. Me too.
0: Which I'm sure is like, you know, it infuriates my one credit card company, which is Amazon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure it does. Yeah, they said that they call people who do that deadbeat a deadbeat customer.
0: (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear that badge probably.
1: (laughs) Definitely, yeah. I worked
0: hard to become a deadbeat customer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we've learned that like, you need to have some sort of continuous credit spending Um, to first of all, to maintain even a credit card, because I've been in the position of not using a credit card for like two years. And then suddenly the credit card is closed. And I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) which is a good way. If anyone's like, you know, not wanting to go through the whole process of canceling a card, because that takes (laughs) written, you know, like notarized letters that you need to send out physically these days, um, which no one does. Um, just don't use your credit card for two years and it'll be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. probably depends on the credit In either way, it'll, you know, dramatically hit your credit. So whatever.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think one of the other interesting facts from this episode was that we learned that 30% of Americans can't cover a $400 oh, emergency yeah. expense without the use of credit cards.
1: Can I tell you that that is actually made me feel better about myself? <laughs> because yeah. I feel like for a very long time, I mean... I'm in a position, luckily, that I have at least, not much more, but at least more than $400 saved in a savings account. But like, for the longest time, you know, up until like a couple years ago, or even the last year, I could not have had, I would have had to turn to credit cards, as I did many times to pay for those sorts of expenses.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Up until like, Four years ago, I had no savings. You know, I was living paycheck to paycheck, seeing if I checking my bank balance to see if I had enough money to fill up my car with gas. You know, or should I just put ten dollars in it this week? You know, and I would. There was no way I would have had four hundred dollars for an emergency expense.
1: No, not at all. Which is just kind of horrifying in a lot of ways. Yeah, I
0: mean, it was horrifying when I was in it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. but um, the only other thing that was interesting about the credit card episode was the, the extreme couponer of yeah. the credit card industry. And this guy who like knows how to get all the deals, they call them credit card hackers. And yeah. it's like, he can get all of the deals and the promotions. I, he must have like hundreds of credit cards.
1: Yeah. He said he had like tons of them, but I mean, he also must have some sort of high income in general as well. Right. They never really I, talked about like what he does for a living besides the fact that he takes advantage of all of these credit card opportunities.
0: Well, you couldn't make a living off of doing that, I don't imagine. So he must have some other job that he uses because he says he pays off all of his credit cards every month. He's yeah. a, he doesn't ever you know, hold a balance on them. Um, so he must have some sort of job where that's a possibility for him. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know that whole like, yeah, that just seems like a stressful thing to try to balance like 50 credit cards i don't think so
0: yeah i mean i i think that extreme couponers must live a very stressful lifestyle as well okay. true
1: yeah but,
0: but
1: yeah but yeah that's pretty much credit cards let's yeah.
0: talk about student loans must we <laughs> we can skip that episode if you don't want to talk about them.
1: <laughs> it's a little too close to home um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, the thing that, think, go ahead.
0: No, all I was going to say is I think that this episode does a really good job of explaining what the student loan crisis actually is in this country for people who don't understand it for people who are like, well, I went to college and paid off my loans and raised a family and two kids, you know, on the job that I got after college, you know, you, you should be able to do the same. And it's like, yeah, we should be able to do the same, but here's why we can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I I, I liked that they made the point to of talking about like salary yeah, so like, if you got your yeah. if you got your college degree in like '68 or whatever, um, first of all, you didn't owe anything because it cost like change. Um, right. But they showed that like you know cost has only continued to increase, and yet like the average, the median um, wage for a college graduate currently is like seventy six thousand dollars a year, but they don't actually start making that until like 14 years after they've graduated. So it's like in those years in which, you know, 10 of which you're probably paying off loans and thus not being able to save, not being able to think about future planning, you know, it's just a huge detriment. And I, and I like that they talked about that aspect of the fact that like our generation is very much, I mean, admittedly, a lot of our generation either doesn't want to own a home period Or, uh, you know, also doesn't want any children. Like, I think there's just a higher number of people who do not want. But for those who do, you know, a lot of those sort of life steps are being pushed off 10 years past what our parents or grandparents would do because of financial situation. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's true that if we didn't have to spend so much money per month per year on student loan repayment we wouldn't really be in that same situation and it would you know as many people in in this episode said really boost the economy if we didn't have to be chunking chucking a lot of this money into that and we could help you know the gdp and stuff but
0: (laughs) so much of the money any uh, any extra money really at all that i had um when before, like when I was, when we were living in Indiana, yeah. you know, like if we hadn't had to be paying student loans at that time, the hundreds of dollars we were each selling out, you yeah. know, we could have been running a house, you know, yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't have been an issue at all.
1: No, and we could have had a savings in our 20s, you Yeah, know, exactly. as, as it stands. that <laughs> all was renting a house. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's truly, it's truly crazy. And like, even now, you know, I feel like on average, I probably pay like seven dollars to $800 on student loans a month. Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. like, why do I feel, I mean, wages aside, I'm like, why do I feel like I'm never, you know, I'm only ever like, you know, reaching even or whatever the expression is.
0: Spl- breaking even. Breaking
1: even. And it's because <laughs> I have to pay like, you know, almost one third of my month, monthly salary on student loans.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and if you could be putting that money into the economy instead, you and everybody else, you know, it would be a really good thing for yeah, this country.
1: Exactly. But <clears throat> I don't know. As they were saying, maybe, you know, with some of the administration, we have maybe some hope of something happening with student loans. But I will not, you know, I won't.
0: I know. Get, my hope It's going to be <laughs> It's going to be a really hard sell, I think, for any actual legislation to happen for that. But we can hope. (laughs) Yes,
1: indeed we can. But it's true that, like, you know, they made a point, I think it was a representative, I can't remember where she was from, but she said something like, education is for the common good. Um, And I think once we start to accept that and start, you know, not pushing students towards loans and (laughs) making things more affordable overall... we'll be in a better situation but
0: absolutely like education is one of the best investments that any country can make but yet we're putting our citizens in a place where they can't afford it but also what position where they need to have it
1: exactly yeah they were talking about how the thing that i found very surprising is when they mentioned the figure of what High school people with only a high school diploma are earning, and the fact oh, that right. it's actually less than it was in the '60s,
0: right, given inflation,
1: yeah. <laughs> all that, like that is shocking.
0: Yeah, I agree. That that one, that fact did surprise me a lot more than some of the other ones did.
1: Yeah, because it's true that like we're pushing everyone, yeah, we're pushing everyone to college because our society has built it built itself to a point where, in order to even make the minimum to live on, you need at least a BA or yeah. some sort of bachelor's degree, Yeah, which is ridiculous yeah. because I will always be of the mindset that like, you know, some people aren't either not ready for college or don't really need it. You know, like, why are we forcing yeah. s- students to take on this debt and spend years of their life pursuing a degree that ultimately isn't going to get them anywhere?
0: Because people are making money off of students taking out student loans. Yeah, well, that's, what
1: that's the long is. and short of it, for
0: sure. <laughs> yup. Let's yeah. move on to something less.
1: <laughs> Which one? <laughs> gambling or retirement? Because retirement <laughs> <laughs> is fucking depressing.
0: Yeah, retirement was about as bad as student loans in reality. <laughs> We're just not there yet. where We don't have to deal with it quite yet. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, let's do gambling. Let's just keep in order. Do you have anything ha- yeah. you want to say about gambling?
0: Um, anything specific that I wanted to say about gambling? Um, I found I think the slot machines, yeah and 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 the way people become addicted to slot uh-huh. machines to be like <clears throat> the most interesting thing because they were talking about how you can download gambling apps on your phone where you pay to play them. yeah. But you know you're not going to win any real money. You're only going to win money that allows you to buy other features within the app. But yet people will continue to pay more real money to win fake money to essentially (laughs) get more animation.
1: (laughs) Yep. No, that any of those sorts of I feel like it's typically a phone game. But like any of those sorts of games. Yeah, it's shocking the amount of people. Because I, I, I feel like my mom plays those types of games a lot. Not necessarily gambling yeah. specifically, but ones where it's like you reach a certain yeah. threshold. And if you want to get X or Y, you need to pay like a dollar or pay like five bucks. It's
0: like 100% profit for the company because it's not oh, yeah. costing them more to just allow you to have that feature on that app. Because all the features are already created and available to you if you just pay for them.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's something I know that I personally would never do, but it's surprising the amount of people who do do that. And I think it's like, you know, as they were talking about, it's that rush of endorphins that you get just from like pulling this, you know, clicking the button or, you know, starting that um, that process.
0: I think usually when we think of gambling, like having a gambling addiction, we picture something more. High stakes, yeah. like a poker game or a blackjack game, or you know, betting on horses or yeah. something like that, and you know, obviously those can be parts of gambling addiction, but it, the real addiction seems to be in the anticipation of waiting to see if you're going to win. So, like that's you know, the part even with the like playing the lottery and writing down you know your lucky numbers and then you wait to see if they were drawn, kind of yeah. thing. It's um, we get more satisfaction from the anticipation than we do from actually winning if you're like into gambling a lot
1: yeah and as we said kind (laughs) of at the beginning neither of us are really I mean unless Madison's harboring a secret gambling addiction but like neither of us are really gamblers
0: (laughs) I'm not (laughs) I've never been gambling in my life (laughs) me neither
1: yeah that's why like some people talk about sometimes about the thrill of going to uh, the casino like I feel like sometimes my mother and grandmother would like spend a day at the casino and I'm yeah. like that does not appeal or interest me in any way
0: like, you're, you're never gonna like <laughs> if you play I like they explain it this way and it's like you can beat the odds for a short period yeah. of time with gambling but if you continue to play long enough you'll never be able to escape the odds you will never come out on top with more money than what you started with if you become a habitual gambler it's not possible right and, even, and, like, I just don't understand wanting to get involved in that.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, like, yeah, it's, like, any other addiction, I guess. You just get hooked on it, and, you know, they said that, like, the people who are most susceptible to gamble are those who have anxiety and depression and, right. and like, a history of substance abuse uh, issues. So it's, like, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to put myself in that position as someone who's had... For their entire life, zero interest in gambling. The best, the most that I will ever do or have ever done is like a scratch off, and that's about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've done I've done scratch offs before. I guess if you consider that gambling, but yeah, I don't even do them. I haven't done one in years, and usually it's like my aunt will give me them as a birthday gift. Yeah,
1: I feel like I usually get mine from gifts as well.
0: Yeah. And then I win two dollars and I have to go back to like the obscure gas station they bought it at to get my right. like, two dollars.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it is like something you think about with like the lottery specifically. Like, would it be cool to win a Mega Millions and get like fifty million dollars? Yeah, it would be awesome. But like realistically and statistically. You know, it's probably a lot more likely that I will be struck in the head with a falling, you know, air conditioner in New York City than do anything like that.
0: Probably true. I think that statistically you're more likely to get struck by lightning like three or four times than you are (laughs) to win the lottery.
1: Yeah. Not worth it.
0: I've never been struck by lightning. But I have won $5 on a scratch off before.
1: Yeah, I have too. So (laughs) maybe we're just luckier than most. Maybe we need to start playing. No. (laughs) but anyway that's pretty much all I wanted to say about gambling like yeah interesting but yeah didn't feel like a personal connection so I guess I don't have much to say no
0: the the only other thing I wrote down that I thought was interesting and again it's about the slot machines because just people's attitudes and and relationship with slot machines just really fascinated me but like they talk about how people find like almost a calming yeah like Soothing experience playing the slot machines, and it doesn't matter to them if you win or lose. It's just about playing this this game, and and then you in people kind of like start to think like, oh well, if I didn't win the last you know ten or twenty times in a row, I'm definitely gonna win soon. Yeah, and they're they're like trying to outsmart <clears throat> a game that is a hundred percent chance. It's yeah. like you can't outsmart a random you know assignment of numbers and such. Some- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i like that they talked about that like the yeah the issue is that we're trying to beat chance which is not right. possible just because we're so used yeah. as humans in society to like recognize patterns and feel like we can you know one-up things but like right. chance is just not yeah. something you can one-up
0: you can't you can't out yeah outsmart something that's complete chance yeah. it has no skill involved
1: right <laughs> unlike they were showing like poker and blackjack There's still some chance, but there is like a considerable amount of skill that goes into that so that you can be a good player um, and not lose all of your money, essentially. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, that is that is all the things I had about gambling.
1: Cool. Well, let's talk about the most depressing of them all, which is retirement.
0: (laughs) Retirement. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this country is not looking good for the future of, of retirement.
1: <laughs> no, it's a complete mess. And it's like, yeah, I feel like, I'm, I'm glad that they talked about the idea of social security having been created and then presented as like a pillar of retirement. But like nowadays it makes up just like so little percent of like what you'll actually be able to even use to live off of. Right. So, and that's because we're not, you know, because we're not, I guess, like, the thing tied to that that surprised me the most, which I should have known or expected, is that you only ever have to pay a certain amount of Social Security. So, like, if you reach that in your first day as a multimillionaire or billionaire, you don't have to pay any more Social Security tax. And it's like, what? For the rest
0: of the year. And, you know, like like with most problems in this country, it could easily be solved if we just taxed rich people the same way we tax everyone
1: else. (laughs) Right. And it's like if you are someone who's making 20 million dollars and you ultimately end up having to spend even like 2 million on taxes, you have 18 million dollars that you will not be able to spend in the next 10 years. So like you losing 2 million that's being put back into your society is not a loss for you.
0: You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I do. Oh,
1: it's so no. <laughs> ridiculous. I don't know why we have so many protections for the rich. I guess maybe because it's because like the little- American dream to like be a multimillionaire. So like, why should they be punished for like making money? But it's like, why yeah. are we all being punished for making money then in that regard?
0: We have extra protections for the rich because the rich are the ones who can pay the politicians to create laws that give them extra protections.
1: <laughs> Such a fucking debacle that's why they're there i just i just can't it's so (laughs) frustrating and then they talk about like
0: how social security is only 40 percent of like um what you were making before you retired essentially so if you were making a hundred thousand dollars before you retired you're only going to be getting forty thousand dollars a year in social security which Seems fine until you consider that the person who is making a hundred thousand dollars a year can no longer like afford to live where they're no. living. They're going to have to sell their house. They're not going to be able to afford the taxes on it every year. <clears throat> so they have to like completely change their entire life then just to retire.
1: That's yeah. I mean, it's it's shocking. And being in currently in a life position where I know I will never be making a ton of money, that is horrifying. Yeah. Uh, because I'm like, okay, well. I guess I will be working until I'm dead, you know? <laughs> like there's no yeah. there's no possibility. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I have a hard time for a lot of people, uh, seeing a lot of people our age actually reach a point where they can retire.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, I just feel so bad for these people who have worked all of their life and who have been told that like social security and their 401ks would be there to help them when yeah. they retired and now they're, 70 or 75 years old and they're having to like go back and be greeters at Walmart because they can't afford to live on what the government is giving them anymore. And they're like these old people having to do these horrific jobs or people treat them like shit. Yeah. And that makes me sad.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad they talked about the 401k thing and how like it was never intended to be a retirement plan for the masses. Like an
0: accident. Yeah. It was
1: like a fluke. And here we are. But you know, as someone who I don't have a 401k, but I have, a retirement plan um, that is similar in that it's made through investments. So like, you know, but seeing that like, you know, if we go into another recession or if, you know, the economy crashes, your savings crashes with it, you know, because it's not cashed out. So it's just depending on what the market is, which is just horrifying. We saw that like footage of that woman, like in tears because she was like, I had, like, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars in in retirement savings, and now I have $50,000, which won't (laughs) matter. Like, you can't even live, like, a year in most places on that.
0: No, then that shouldn't be something that could happen. You know, I know, like, people who are pro-stock market will argue, like, well, the market will always ultimately go up. Sure. But if you retire right after a recession, (laughs) like, then you are it's just like tough luck for you oh well you should have worked for another 10 years and let the market recover or whatever like right. that's not always happen.
1: it's not yeah. and it's like yeah we shouldn't it does make me think that like i need to you know open an ira and start paying into another retirement fund that one woman was like i have four retirement funds that i'm paying into and i'm like that's probably the smart thing to be doing because <laughs>
0: yeah
1: at least you will have some money put away somewhere yeah. um
0: Yeah, I feel like I always would want to have a good chunk of savings, if possible, that was not in the market at all, like not in the stock market at all. So, like, even if the stock market completely crashed, I still have, you know, this available kind of thing for a while it's
1: Yeah. No, that's the (laughs) ideal situation, I think.
0: Yeah, but not one that many people are likely to be able to achieve, unfortunately.
1: Yeah yeah
0: i did like that they kind of ended the episode like talking about how if we work with the people where their problems are the hardest to solve and we solve you know the problems for these people we will fix it for everybody because if you take like you know the the worst case scenario for retirement and you create a system that helps that person then you've created a system that helps everybody else as well it probably helps that person the least but it, it's still everybody is being helped, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the answer to life and society. Yeah, it
0: really. Is. Yeah. <laughs> that and
1: tax the rich.
0: Yeah, tax the rich. Well, that that is the solution yeah. it for the hardest person it is, is to tax the rich the same way that you tax everybody else. Stop giving them all these fucking tax breaks.
1: <laughs> that's the thing. Like you know, I've never understood. Like, say you tax someone like 10% of their salary. I think that regardless of like what you're making, you should tax someone that same amount.
0: Yes, like there shouldn't be like, oh, but then if you make over a million dollars a year, you don't have to pay that anymore on the rest of the money you make. It's like, no, you, you need to be a have to pay that on every everything that you make, just like everybody else, 100% of your income.
1: Right, and it's like, <sighs> Yeah, because it's just unimaginable to think that like the interest that someone is building, say, in a savings account or a bank account on their balance, if they have that much money, is probably like three times or more than what you or I make (laughs) a year. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you can live off of that three times on interest alone. So like, shell some of that money back into the economy but, you know, that's the issue with the United States and Americans in general. I, I say this broadly, but we are a society that does not want to help anyone but ourselves.
0: We are. Yeah. So. And And our financial system is structured very much on, like, help yourself first kind of thing. There's not a lot of emphasis given on, like, everybody would be better off if we all contributed a little bit more kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And it's like... It should be shocking to people when we live in a place where the people who, the rich people who do give back are the exception. Like, I feel like we often hear about like Dolly Parton because she invests so much money in her community and other programs yeah. like literacy programs and like really trying to use the money she's earned to pay it forward. Whereas, like, you know, some of the other people who have like multiple, multiple billions of dollars who could easily like drop two billion and still be the most. The, like the richest person in the world right, yeah. is not doing anything about that
0: yeah yeah it's,
1: crazy. A, it's crazy it's crazy and politics. it's not going to change so
0: it's not going to change unless we force it to with government policy you know the rich aren't just going to willingly pay more in taxes yeah you have to force them too.
1: well and as you <laughs> say the rich have their hooks in yeah. politics so yeah, yeah this that.
0: this country is completely controlled by the upper 1%, you know, yeah. the hundreds of million millions of dollars heirs, hundreds. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie edited that out. <laughs> the people who have hundreds of millions of dollars and the billionaires, you know, okay. they're the people who have enough money to influence politicians to write the laws however they want them to be. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's that's just, a really shitty system
1: it's horrifying so basically the the summary of all five episodes is we're in a bad <laughs> situation economically <Don't laughs> and it's depressing
0: don't <laughs> <Yeah>. ever retire <laughs> don't get a credit card
1: except don't do except do get a credit card but do not do have a balance college. yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and do save for retirement oh my gosh
1: yeah there's don't no... fall
0: for you know get rich quick schemes like across the board that's yeah, a big no-no that's the upside
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's no yeah there's no flip side to that coin it's just the same
0: i guess unless you're the one who's created the scheme like the crypto queen
1: <laughs> yeah that's true but um or
0: but the yeah. guy who's country
1: yeah but I guess that's pretty much um, that's pretty that's, much money explained.
0: Yeah, that's all the money explained. All you need to know about money, right there.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting if they did additional episodes, like you were saying, on like maybe the tax system in general. and um,
0: in- inflation. Inflation and- would be cool. I've, yeah, those were those two. I was surprised that neither one of them were like talked about at all in any of the episodes. But, yeah, um, unless. Lot of really bad things about our financial structure in this world. <laughs> yeah.
1: Unless I didn't verify, but unless maybe in the explained series with individual episodes, maybe they've already covered inflation and um, maybe, taxes. Maybe. Yeah. I guess we'd have to that look. I don't know. But if they do, we could always talk about those if you're interested, <laughs> listeners.
0: Yeah. Justin, you can let us know.
1: But uh, yeah.
0: You have any quotes at all from the whole series?
1: I don't think think so i think the vague quotes i had i mentioned but
0: yeah did you have any i i only have one more that i didn't already you know summarize <laughs> and it was in the get rich quick one and, and right at the way right at the beginning he says most human beings are terrible lie detectors
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah even though we try to convince ourselves that we're good at it yeah i like that but we're not in reality, <laughs> i guess nope apparently not but uh but yeah. yeah so everyone thanks for listening um this is longer than i thought it would be so thanks for tuning in um (laughs) if you want to let us know what you thought about money explained uh feel free to reach out on twitter at nno podcast
0: or you can send us an email at navigating netflix originals at gmail.com and feel free to let us know if you have any suggestions of films or series that are netflix originals that you would like us to discuss in the future
1: indeed so until next time Bye. Bye.